Welcome to Gardens and Plants, a podcast about plants, gardens, and gardening in the Washington, D.C. metro area. I'm Peggy Riccio, a horticulturist in Northern Virginia. My website, pegplant.com, is an online resource for gardeners in the D.C. metro area. I publish a monthly gardening newsletter called Peg Plants Post. Each issue has upcoming gardening events, recently published books, articles, tips, news, a recipe, and a giveaway. Subscribe by visiting pegplant.com. And my name is Terry Spate, owner of cottageinthecourt.com, a website, a blog, and a podcast where I share all things beautiful in the garden from the places I visit. I highlight my favorite plants. I speak to some of the most interesting people, books that I'm reading, and more. And I live in Central Maryland. So Terry, what's going on in your garden? Well, Peggy, things are beginning to wind down. I'm seeing some leaves drop, uh, which because every day is blur day, um, I guess it's to be expected. It is September. Uh, so I collected my first three leaves and I'm really excited about that. I'm a leaf collector. Um, my first mum actually bloomed. It's absolutely beautiful. It's a Sheffield mum. This is one of the mums from my dad. My dad was what we called the mum meister because he just loved his mums. And uh, I took cuttings of some that I dug from his garden. I let them grow until July. I cut them in half and then I put the cuttings in the garden right beside them. So they're slowly multiplying, um, but it's a great way to remember the presence of my parents in my garden. Um, the pink, uh, pink caryopteris that I purchased from um, the garden center last weekend, Valley View Farms, uh, two weekends ago actually, it, the bud is swelling. So I am so excited. I cannot wait to see the bloom because I'm curious. The blue ones are very much in bloom and definitely popping in my landscape, especially there's a blue one with a variegated leaf. Oh my goodness, it is gorgeous. And then in my vegetable garden, I planted a Tabasco pepper in a smart pot. This Tabasco pepper is at least three, three and a half feet tall. And all these little baby peppers are on it like a candelabra. It's the cutest thing. Uh, but I had no idea. I mean, it just kept growing all season long but it never really produced anything. Well, hopefully I can take, uh, because it is in a, in a smart pot so I can move it around. I'm gonna set up one of my cold frames and I'm gonna put the pot in the cold frame so that if we get a scare about nighttime temps dropping, I can cover it up either with Remay or um, one of the covers I bought helps extend the season as well. Uh, my rosy pink tomato from Renaissance Farms, it was a dwarf. For some odd reason now, because of the cooler nighttime temps, it has all these flowers on it. There were three tomatoes on it earlier today, but they're gone now because um, I kind of ate them. And other than that, 
I'm going to clean out one of my raised beds and put kale in there. I don't really want to because there's a tomato plant in there that I'm just hoping, just wishing that it would give me at least one tomato, but I don't think it's going to cooperate with me. And I don't want to wait too long to put my uh, last four kale plants in the ground. So that's all that's going on in my garden at the moment. I do need um, to empty some of those things because I do uh, want to make sure that I can collapse my pots and put them away. One final note, Peggy. I am experimenting with this thing. It's called a hillside planter. I don't have to dig. What is a hillside planter? The hillside planter, you can use it to terrace on a slope without like digging a whole hole. So is it a product you bought or is it a technique? No, it's a product. It's called the hillside planter. And what it does, you basically put it in the side of a hill or a slope. Uh, I'll have it on my website or a, a bank even. But you basically don't have to dig this really deep hole. Right. Because sometimes digging on a slope can get a little interesting. And where did this, you get it local? I mean, you bought it locally or you ordered it online? No, it was online. Um, I got it uh, online and um, I'll send you the link for it. But you dig the hole or the trench, you put this planter in it and the planter basically uh, forms a front wall. And then you backfill it, put your plant in, backfill it with your garden soil, any soil amendments you might want to use. And it stabilizes the hill so that it doesn't have erosion. Sometimes if you plant on a hill, uh, by the time you finish planting and watering it in, you see a lot of the soil at the bottom of the hill. Mm -hmm. With this little gadget, you don't see that soil at the bottom of the hill. It stays in place. That's what I love about it. So it captures the rain, especially it's a great time to plant trees this captures the rain so that the rain goes right to the roots. So basically you're going to have a stronger plant by next season. Hmm. That sounds really cool. Yeah. So I, um, I'm going to share, um, share it on, on my website, but um, I am very interested because as we get older, uh, digging can be a bit of a chore, especially on a slope. So uh, I did this all by myself without any help. So that's 99 points right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what's going on in your garden? Well, I ordered my garlic and um, a lot of the local places are out of garlic. So I had to look for a specialty garlic place. So I ordered garlic from Fillory Garlic Farm in Washington State. And uh, so I realized the trick, you know, if you go to your local seed company or the one the seed company you've always been going to and they're out of garlic, it's because they just don't have the inventory. So if you go to a place that specializes in garlic, they have more inventory. And in this area, the Washington, D.C. metro area, you can grow both hardneck and softnecks. So um, I've grown hardnecks before, and the hardnecks are the ones that had the scape that comes up, and a lot of people like to cut the scape and eat it but mm -hmm. then you get less of a bulb. So this time I'm gonna grow a soft neck called Nutka Rose and the soft necks don't produce the scape. 
So I um, wrote an article about garlic on my website, and I'll put a link in the show notes, but I'm looking forward to growing the soft neck, and I won't be harvesting it until next summer, of course, so then I'll probably have to take some pictures of that and link back to the original article. But it's really easy. I mean, you just buy the thing, separate the cloves, put them in the dirt, and that's it. You're done. It's like the easiest edible you can grow. And the flavor is so much better than what you get in the store. And I was inspired because I was making pesto with my basil earlier, and I got the store-bought garlic, and it it just made the pesto not taste very good. So I said, I got to get mm. some good garlic. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like you, I've also got tomatoes, and but um, I have a lot of cherry tomatoes, and um, this time I'm roasting them. So I harvested the cherry tomatoes, washed them, cut them in half, put them on parchment paper, and then baked them for at 450 degrees. Well, first I lightly coated with a little bit of olive oil, Italian season, roast at 450 for about like 20 minutes, you know, and it they came out so good. They're mm. so much better than the fresh. I really like them a lot this way. Um, so I did that a couple of days ago, and I was so impressed. I did it with my peppers now. So I'm roasting my cherry tomatoes and my peppers, and I uh, still am harvesting the yellow squash. And um, that's pretty much it for my veggies right now, because the veggies are kind of going. But I my vines are really flowering a lot now in the fall you wouldn't think but my morning glories are going all over the place i have a love in the puff vine that's blooming and creating those puffy um they're green and they're puffy you know and mm-hmm. then i also have a cardinal vine or cardinal flower that's blooming and this starts blooming in the fall and it's related it's a cousin of the morning glory but it's red, small flower red attracts the hummingbirds, and um it's just so I had these three vines just climbing all over the banisters and, you know, the tendrils stick out and they go all over the place. And I love it. But <laughs> my family's probably really irritated. Every time they step and down, they go up and down the walkway and they have to brush by these vines, you know, <laughs> but, but I love it. I, I like doing that. So I'm going to put photos of this on my website. But um, the other thing is I just discovered that um, I grow fennel for the Eastern black swallowtail butterfly because the caterpillars eat the foliage. So all summer long, I'm growing this fennel and I don't see any caterpillars. And I just now found them and they completely ignored the fennel and they went straight to the parsley. So <laughs> I had, so the thing of it is, is that of course I want my parsley. So it's sort of a Sophie's choice between the parsley, you know, than the butterflies, but um the, the funny part is they're going to a patch uh, in the beginning of the season. Somebody gave me a seed of sweet William from a dollar store and I sowed it, but it was coming up kind of funny. Like I thought it looked like parsley. Some of it looks like parsley and some of it looks a little different. And now their caterpillars are going for the parsley ones and they definitely are parsley. And so the moral of the story is to not get cheap seed because they've mm-hmm. mixed it up with parsley. But also mm-hmm. if you grew the fennel for the caterpillars, they're going to go for the parsley. And then you have to decide which one goes. <laughs> so, and that's, you know, that's another thing. I'll put pictures of that on my website. But so it's, it's pretty busy in the gardening. It's actually a very active time. Everything is just, you know, flowering and going all over the place. And I'll have to start cutting back soon. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty much for me. And um, in terms of places to go, I'm sure you've gone someplace recent. Where have you gone lately? Well, because it's autumn and uh, not officially, but it's in the air. Um, I went to my favorite place, Spicknell's uh, in Silver Spring, Maryland, and his apples are coming in. He has local apples. Uh, 
they're coming in. You don't have that many plants, but a lot of the produce, his produce really always looks so good. Um, and then I just, I wanted to just get away. So I went and just walked around the National Mall. Normally after work, if we were going into the office every day, I would make it a point to either leave early, sometimes come in late, and just pick a section on the National Mall and walk around just to see what's blooming, what's happening, what's growing. With a lot of the gardens being closed, now it's like saying the last goodbye, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of bittersweet, but at least, you know, with my mask on, I have been walking around and seeing exactly what so many people have missed this season. Uh, the Bartholdi Fountain, one of my favorite places, it is looking just stunning, absolutely stunning. And I'm sure all this rain has helped refresh a lot of plants that might have been coughing because it was dry for a minute there. Mm -hmm. um, but that was, those were the two places that I went. And then I just really gardened here at home, Peggy. Did you get to go anywhere? Um, I did, but I've never heard of Spitnells. Is that a nursery or a garden center? Is that how it's pronounced? What is it? Spicknells. Spicknells, uh, yeah. Um, I'll send you the link. He, it, he has plants. He has bedding plants in the spring. Um, this was a haunt my dad and I would go to to get our pumpkins, to oh. get straw, to get um, the corns, uh, corn stalks. Mm -hmm. And then he also um, has apples. Oh, I, well, then that's probably very similar to the place I went to. I went to Nall's Produce, which is in Alexandria, and it's a very small local garden center produce place, and it's been in existence since 1961. It's family-owned three generations. The current owner is Valerie Nalls. So when my kids were little, I used to bring them there because I had a pumpkin patch in the fall, and they also have a pig and chickens and roosters, and of course, right now, they got all the Halloween stuff. They got the, um, they're going to do a pumpkin patch again this fall, but they got the pumpkins, the gourds. And what I like about it is they have a great selection of the decorative gourds and pumpkins and squashes and all the different shapes and colors and everything. And what they do is they create a pumpkin wall, which it's taller than I am and it's painted black and it's many, many cubby holes. And in each cubby hole is a really decorative pumpkin or gourd or something like that. And so you can go and stand in front of it and people can take your pictures, you know? It's wow. really cool for pictures. It's sort of like the Instagram place. And I saw a mother taking a picture of her kids in front of the wall. And I thought, well, that'd be a good place to get your school photo, you know, <laughs> because I don't know if they're doing that now because <laughs> school is virtual. But you could take a picture of your kids or anybody in front of this wall. And Nalls also has, you know, a lot of plants for sale, indoor, some indoor house plants. They got their mums in, which are all in bud. They have a crop share and they have a store where you can buy fresh produce and local dairy products and meats and the, the apple cider and the honey and the jams and all that stuff. So it's a great place to take the family. And then that's like Spicknell's. He does not have a pumpkin wall, right? <laughs> but he does have the cider. Um, he even has the cherry cider, which is the bomb. Oh, that's cool. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's just one of those local places that you see that the parking lot is always full, mm -hmm. no matter what time you go. These small places, once again, local mom and pops that have been here forever, we still need to support them. Mm -hmm. That way they'll continue to be here forever. <laughs> right. 
So can I share with you some things that I found out that are pretty interesting? Sure. Well, did you know <laughs> that there are free gardening seminars online this week? This week, Eventbrite is hosting or they're celebrating Wellness Week. And they've got several different things. Today, I listened to a great webinar on gardening for health and well-being presented by a, a company named Hyos, Healthy in Your Own Skin. Hmm. Uh, very, very interesting. And it just spoke to how gardening is good for the mind, body, and soul. Helps us ward off diseases because we're just more relaxed. We're not as tense. It was just an awesome seminar. Then tomorrow, there's one uh, adding fall landscape interest. Wednesday, winter is coming. Is your garden ready? Uh, they have one on fall and winter container combos, houseplant basics, uh, festive fall containers, and it's all free. So if you don't have an Eventbrite account, you might want to sign up. Uh, and Eventbrite accounts are free. Uh, so more and more people are figuring out, okay, our garden season is ending. Now what do we do? Mm -hmm. Well, you attend online seminars to pique your interest, to inspire you to try something new. Right. And you can do it in the evening when the sun sets because it's starting to set earlier now. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, and I feel cheated. I really do. I feel like we've been dating summer all along and <laughs> it just left. It just left the room. <laughs> and uh, let's see, Monticello is winding up their garden tours uh, on Zoom. Mm -hmm. Those are $10. Um, and there, I, I briefly read earlier uh, before we started the podcast that Monticello is going to have their festival virtually. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so Ira is still uh, going to be presenting. They've got some other speakers, Peggy Cornette. They've got some other speakers happening too. So it's hitting everyone that, uh-oh, our time outside is limiting due to daylight shortening and people will still be working remotely. Now what do we do? Right. And now this, is the time to amp up that those uh, virtual programs. Right. And this annual one at Monticello is every September. And I've always wanted to go, but I've never been able to because that's when school starts. But um, now I can be able to, I can watch it virtually this year, but I definitely mm -hmm. want to go next year. Let me tell you, because I've been, <laughs> I love Monticello, not just because of Mulberry Row, which I've never seen a prettier vegetable garden in my life, mm -hmm. but when I went, you could taste the watermelons that were grown on site. You could taste the tomatoes. Uh, you could buy your garlic there from uh, Ira Wallace and Southern Exposure Seed Exchange. Mm -hmm. uh, other vendors were there with some garden tools. It's the first time that I was introduced to Lady Farmer, which Lady Farmer also has a virtual weekend symposium. I'll share the link for that as well. Uh, they're right here in Maryland, but they've got a wonderful program that they're pulling together, and it's virtual. Mm -hmm. Who knew? Well, that sounds really exciting. I'm going to have to go look that one up. Mm -hmm. 
Well, let's see. There's other things going on, too. There's actually a um, Planet Native Landscapes Conference this coming Wednesday through Friday presented by Deep Roots, Deep Roots Casey and its partners. So that's free and you must, there is a fee and you have to register. And then also on Thursdays, the Fall Garden Tour and Tea um, through Green Springs. On the 17th Thursday is Racial Equity Through Urban Green and Agriculture. And this is Brookside Gardens. And on the 18th is Native Trees for Urban Home Landscape by the Master Gardeners in Northern Virginia. Then on the 19th Saturday is the annual Pawpaw Festival that Michael Judd has at Long Creek Homestead in Frederick, Maryland. And also on the Saturday and Sunday, 19 and 20, Conversations with Eden. And this is with Heronswood in Washington State and the Bellevue Botanical Garden Society in Washington State, their first joint symposium with very famous speakers there. And then the last one is on Sunday the 20th, Best Native Plants for Containers, sponsored by Mount Cuba Center. And of course, there's a whole lot more events on pegplant.com and the details for the things I just mentioned are on pegplant.com. And that's all I can think of for events right now. Do you have any more? Um, I don't think we need any more, Peg. Yeah, I, think I know it's really, actually, it's a lot, isn't it? But it's always yeah. a lot in the fall because, you know, we're harvesting and there's just so much going on. Yeah. And of course, you know, we'll bring you more next week. So Gardens and Plants is a weekly podcast brought to you by professional garden communicators. Visit our websites for more detailed information at pegplant.com and cottageinthecourt.com. Both of us have links to this episode on our websites. We're, always, we're very active on social media. You can find Peggy at Pegplant and Terry at Cottage in the Court. Our podcast is available on nine platforms. If you listen to us on Apple Podcast, please write a review and don't forget to tell your friends about gardens and plants. The show notes will have links to some of the places and plants we mentioned and links to our own websites and our email, which is gardensandplantspodcast at gmail.com. Goodbye for now and get in the garden.